Welcome to part two of our Valentine's Day episodes. This episode we're going to talk about the latest Disney news and rumors. That is coming up next on Traveling with the Mouse. Welcome everybody to episode 187 of Traveling with the Mouse. This is February 14th, 2019, Valentine's Day. If you are listening to this first, it's, I guess, technically out of order, but we have a Valentine's special that we also released today. So it's a double episode, double fantasy of Traveling with the Mouse. Okay. I My don't know. <laughs> My name is Adam Brown, and that was who? Uh, that was John, and John. Um, yes, John Martin. There you go. <laughs> and yes, um, <laughs> I don't know where you were going with that intro, so I'll Valentine's just stay Day. over. I'll just stay over here for a moment. I'll stay in my lane. What says Valentine's Day more than John and Yoko? That's oh, John Lennon. Like the perfect love story, right? Yeah, it sure is. Anyway, let's not dive into that. I'm yeah. gonna say, and I was just about to start singing the ballad of John and Yoko, but no, oh, let's not do that. Well. Uh, it is our regular Thursday time to do the news, so we, uh, because it's Valentine's Day, we thought we'd release a Valentine's special on Valentine's Day, but we also wanted to cover the latest news. We don't want to get behind on our news, so let's dive into the news with this story. This is a uh, opener that some folks will be happy about. Casey Jr.'s Splash and Soak Station, which is located at Magic Kingdom in the Storybook Circus area near the Barnstormer. Anyway, it's a horrible uh, splash station that has never really been useful in my opinion, even if your kids or whatever like this. Still pointless and waste of space in my opinion, but at least, you know, they're refurbing it. Maybe they'll make it a little bit better for uh, the kids anyway. Yes, in recent photos, instead of a splash and soak station, it looks more like a rust and corrosion <laughs> station. Yeah, that's pretty much what it's been since day one. It looks horrible. But here's my other thing about this is Disneyland and Disneyland Paris, I'm sure some of the other Disneyland parks around the world too, they all have an actual attraction for Casey Jr.'s train that actually moves and goes through technically around the storybook canal boats area but it's a fun little ride for the kids it's actually much more mild than barnstormer as a roller coaster but it's still a fun little ride that kids can do and this is not even anything that kids can do you can kind of get wet and that's it and that's not even fun so I don't know. I think it's a waste of this space, and they should do something better with it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know at this point what, though, so... Yeah. I mean, they can't build a replica of Disneyland's Casey Jr. train attraction around here because it's just not, not the space for that, but they should do something better with this space. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway... I like how in this article it says some animals are damaged and exposed, aren't we all? <laughs> okay. Hmm. All right. 
<laughs> Anyhow, the uh, reefer started February 11th, so a few days ago, and is expected to last through March 24th. So that's a decent sized refurb. I haven't seen any photos confirming this is behind walls right now, but I'm sure it is. From what I understood in in these pictures, if you've seen it up close, there's like this little, almost like fence around it, because originally it was supposed to be where kids could climb around on it. It was like an actual play area, but they had to put this up because of safety concerns, because kids would fall off of this thing and whatnot. So you mean the parents weren't watching their kids climb to the very top of Casey Jr. and fall <laughs> off? I'm shocked. Right. Yeah. Hopefully something good will come of it, but I doubt it. Maybe. Moving yeah. On. At this point, like they kind of have to roll with what they have there, though. I so guess the refurb has to hopefully make it. Maybe they'll make it of something waterproof. I don't know. Some. Yeah. I don't know what they can do with it, but just repaint it. That's about all they're going to yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. Over in Epcot, Disney's uh, and Pixar's Coco. As mm-hmm. there's a show coming to the Mexico Pavilion in Epcot on March the sixth, courtesy of the amazing. Mariachi Cobra, I think that's how they say it. They will be joined by a pair of dancers, traditional Mexican folk dancing, that tell the tale of Miguel Rivera, his love of music, and his journey to find what matters most, his familia. Yeah. Can't believe that this is the best they feel like they could do for Coco at this point, but just saying. Well, it's, glad that, it's good that they're doing something. I, I guess. Yeah, something more than just the photo booth thing that they put in there that I don't even know if it even works anymore but it's coinciding with the beginning of Flower and Garden Festival on March 6th so I'm wondering is this just a Flower and Garden Festival thing that they're doing? I don't think so but maybe. Or is maybe. this going to be a permanent thing? Yeah. Maybe. Uh, yeah. We'll maybe. find out. But it's, the, it's a duplicate or I wonder is this the exact same one that was at California Adventure for a while? They brought this out at DCA, I don't remember when, but it wasn't that long ago. And I'm guessing this is just the same thing that they were doing. It says that the Mariachi Cobra will uh, still do their usual routine as well. And this is like part of it, like now, be mixed into it. So if it's for a limited time, it doesn't specify. So, so they performed over by the La Hacienda like all the way on the outside almost like halfway to Norway right that's where they performed like under yeah, that little awning of. it's like a very tiny little space but I guess yeah it's like tucked around be. the side to the corner right almost. yeah I guess that's where they're gonna be but something like that that's cool it's like Don, just like the what is it the characters and Donald or whatever they're like over there in the bushes pretty much in Mexico right that's where they go <laughs> that's true yeah. Yeah, if you walked by, you may not even notice it. If you if you didn't see a line there, yeah, lined up, you wouldn't even notice Donald over there sometimes. All right. So continuing on, there's a new lounge that has been announced for Disney's uh, Riviera Resort, which is opening. <laughs> I love how it says fall 2019, even though it's still like December 23rd when this resort opens. But actually, it's like December 19th, I think, right? Yeah, Which that's what they have somewhere in that range. Yeah. So it, it counts, but it's like, okay, just say December. Or perhaps maybe the lounge will open before the resort. Okay. That'd be <laughs> weird. <laughs> yeah. 
The uh, lounge is called Voyagers. This lounge will showcase some of the unique Disney connections to Europe. So that's that's interesting. So it's sounds to me similar to like Skipper Canteen with all the books and whatever they have in there, but these will be based on Walt's travels to Europe. I like theming like that. So th that's something that I've heard finally that's a Disney connection to this resort that makes it a Disney resort. So that's a positive, in my opinion. So Disney's going to release a new book about Walt Disney's international travels. Travels with Walt Disney, a photographic voyage around the world. And that's going to coincide with the opening of the Riviera Resort. So that's cool. So I like this. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice to see the connection with Walt Disney. Like you mentioned, makes it more of a Disney resort. Yeah. So um, I'm sure there'll be some other things in it here and there that's probably not going to be talked about until it's released or until um, you know, someone's staying there or photos there. I'm sure there's going to be a Disney touch somewhere. I guess that's why we should always reserve judgment until we actually see it in person. Right, before exactly. Before we go, well, it doesn't look good and blah, blah, blah. So. Okay, so real quickly here, even more early morning magic dates at Magic Kingdom have been added through August. Wow. Although many apparently bemoan the existence of specialty ticket events, they uh, continue to be a hit. Yeah. So apparently people don't mind paying even more money to <laughs> to have the park somewhat to themselves. Yeah. So, Well, at least they've expanded it, right? Because there's more attractions you can do now. It used to just be like Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Peter Pan, and right. the Carousel or something. It was it. And now right. you can do like all of Fantasyland just about. Right. So, so that's a good thing. They used to have the early morning magic hours anyway. What was it that changed that made this such a hit to actually pay for them? Right. I don't really quite, uh, quite know, but they take place mostly on Sundays and Tuesdays, apparently. Yeah. And the additional dates are as follows. March the 3rd, 5th. 10th, 12th, 17th, 19th, 24th, 26th, and 31st in March. Mm -hmm. April has added 2nd, 9th, 14th, 21st, and 28th. May the 5th, 7th, 12th, 14th, 19th, 21st, 26th, and 28th. June the 2nd, 4th, 9th, 11th, 16th, 18th, 23rd, 25th, and 30th. So you see June's doing it like every week, it seems like. Yeah. Uh, the same goes for July. And then there's two dates in August, the 4th and the 6th. So they're kind of doing it for the summer months, mostly. Yeah. Um, slow time. Which, I don't know if I would call that slow time. Maybe they're having maybe they're having more trouble getting people there during the summer than they once did, or maybe yeah, particularly this year. Yeah, I think they're... So while people are waiting for Star Wars. Yeah. So um, maybe they felt like this would help boost some of that, and they're so that's why they're doing it all throughout the summer. And also, I mean, people would much rather take advantage of early morning if you're in Florida in the, uh, yeah, the middle summer. of the summer. Yeah, yeah it's much better the middle time of the day, just from Smart. the heat factor. <laughs> and so. think about it—you could get like a good chunk of the park done in an hour. In Pretty the much, morning, and then have breakfast, and then go do some more stuff. Yeah, I was about to say, have an exclusive breakfast at Cosmic Rays. With cheese and curds, meat, scrambled eggs, 
breakfast potatoes, pancakes, and more. Yeah. And of course, uh, I think we mentioned it before, breakfast runs from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. and is exclusive event only access to the attractions lasts from 7.45 until 9 yeah. because that's when the park opens. So. Right, so you got to do the attractions first, and then from nine to ten, do your breakfast. I don't know why they anybody would want to do breakfast at eight a.m. and miss miss doing the rides. But well, I'm gonna run and do my breakfast first, so <laughs> yeah, and then get, yeah. just get in whatever I can from there. I mean, because it's fine dining at Cosmic Rays, so you want right. to get all that signature dining in. Uh, depending on what it is, I mean, to be honest, let's what what attraction is it you really need to get an early jump on well it's obviously seven doors mine train yeah the peter rest pan. yeah maybe peter pan so much but you could still probably do them both even if you ate breakfast first so that's true you could do those two done but i mean if you just went right in you could do seven doors mine train like five times true in a row if you wanted to and then why would you I mean, why, why do you want to do you? it five times in a row? I don't know. Why wouldn't you? Just because? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> okay. Sure, I would. I would do it multiple times. And then do Peter Pan three or four times. Why not? Okay. Because you can do the rest of them, like, easily. But think about this. If you played a, if you planned this day and you did this first hour, you get all of Fantasyland essentially done. And then you have fast passes for, like, Space Mountain and buzz and i don't know splash mountain or big thunder or something like that later a little bit later late morning early afternoon you've got a half the park done before lunchtime so i can see that but but what is it still 79 dollars a person that's that's the yes issue so it's a little little much but you can't put a price on that cosmic rays breakfast so (laughs) apparently you can (laughs) Yeah, apparently you can put a price on having the park to yourself, or to the few of you that'll be there. Yeah. The full list for the Garden Rocks concert series for the Epcot Flower and Garden Festival. It's kind of hard to believe we're already talking about the Flower and Garden Festival. Like, it's starting in a couple weeks. Yeah, because we just you know had just got the Festival of the Arts, right? So yeah, it's literally wrapping up on the twenty fifth, I think. So I mean, they should they should rename Epcot to Fcot <laughs> Festival. The experim- <laughs> yeah, the Experimental <laughs> Festival Community of Tomorrow. I guess so. I mean, they do kind of experiment with these festivals for a little while, and then they make them permanent. All right, so let's see. Journey former lead vocalist Steve. Aguirre, how do you say his name, is going to do the opening two days. Glass Tiger, John Anderson of Yes, Wang Chung, that's funny, Wang Chung, (laughs) Simple Plan, I remember them from the early 2000s, Magic Giant, Air Supply, they're always around these festivals. They just sound like a breath of fresh air. Sure. Air Supply. Right. Anyway, Berlin featuring Terry Nunn, hmm. The Smithereens, Rick Springfield, Christopher Cross, The Spinners, Dennis Young, original member of the group Sticks. They have to put that out there, I guess. For those that don't know. <laughs> right. John Michael Montgomery, Sister Sledge, Night Ranger, Sister Hazel, Stephen Curtis Chapman. He's a new one. Toby Mack. Now, that's pretty interesting. Lone Star, 
the orchestra starring former members of ELO. It's cool, kind of cool. Herman's Hermits featuring Peter Noon. Don Felder, formerly of the Eagles. A Flock of Seagulls. Marshall Tucker Band. Starship. Richard Marks. Colin Hay of Minute Work. War. The Guess Who. Blood, Sweat, and Tears. But several new ones, and I mean, this is a really long festival now, March 6th through June 3rd, so yeah, lots of oldies but goodies. I I came across a pretty funny tweet from the official Richard Marks page that you may have seen it, I don't know, but uh, I thought it was pretty funny that he mentioned, he said like, he had to go to the dentist or something like that, He he said something along the lines of, I had to go to the dentist today. He said, there's nothing wrong. I just wanted to hear my music or yeah. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> right, I did see that. <laughs> I was like, that was, that was pretty awesome that he would do that to himself. I mean, that's right. just self-deprecating humor. There's nothing nothing quite like it. All right, so, yeah, Garden Rocks. Go check it out. Go check it out because the Garden Rocks. Right on. I always liked Food Rocks. Yeah. They should do that during the Food and Wine Festival. <laughs> right. Right on. All right. So, the... Dining reservation modification is removed from the My Experience app. Yeah. I never really used it, I don't think. Did you? I mean, yes. I used did? this a lot. Uh, I think I know why they removed it, too, because I use this. Uh, I mean, there's. I didn't. It's not like a bad thing, but I used it occasionally when. So there was an example where there was a thunderstorm. And I was going to miss my reservation for Liberty Tree Tavern, I think it was, or something like that. And instead of not showing up and paying the $10, I modified the reservation and just changed it to a different day and then canceled it later. So I think a lot of people were doing that to avoid the $10 fee. that they, Or the potential fee. Yeah, yeah or potential fee. Like... I think before you'd have to call and like beg them to not charge you because of whatever reason you couldn't make it. But b- with this on the app, you used to could just modify it and say, okay, just schedule it for tomorrow and then I'll cancel it, you know, so that I don't get the fee. <laughs> so I think that's what they're doing is cracking down on that. It's funny. I used to say call and beg because I actually did this one time. Um, you called and beg. Well, not really begged, but it was uh, LaCellier. It was within the time frame that they could char- charge for a cancellation. Yeah. And I wasn't lying. The reason was legit. I, this was when my wife was pregnant. We were on what some people would call a baby moon, I guess. Oh, yeah. Because it was before. But um, she was not feeling well, and so I needed to cancel the reservation. And, you know, the cast member, you know, they were understanding, and they didn't charge me the fee. So, yeah. I mean, like I said, it sounds like a sob story they've probably heard many times before, probably, truthfully. Yeah. But it was legitimate this time, and uh, I, I wish I could recall the cast member's name because this was like uh, six years ago now, clump coming up on it. So, well, not not six years ago. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of when we were there for our honeymoon. Uh, that would have only been four years ago. They're right at it, coming up on four years ago. Right. I wish I could remember the <laughs> cast member's name though, because I would give them a shout out because I, you know, that was they didn't have to do that. I mean, they could have charged yeah. me the whatever the fee is now. I don't even remember. Right. Yeah. There's but, every now and then they'll 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 uh, do something nice like that and help you out. But as you said, it's one of those things that people were taking advantage of, much like the fast pass that we just recently talked about. You know, they were instead of just canceling, they would modify it to a later date and then cancel that date <laughs> and thus not get charged. 
you can still do it on the website, so you just can't do it through the app. You, I did this on my phone just to check it out. Some people probably just book up a bunch of dining reservations, and then they just cancel the ones they they can't make, or they, they change their plans and like, okay, I'll just cancel this one. Yeah. So people probably probably do that, and they're trying to crack down a little bit on that, where you can't well, just modify them all the time on the app. Right. Well, I mean, I could see why people would want to do that. I mean, they're already being forced to do uh, something 180 days in advance if they want to get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now they're just like, well, as soon as they get one, they just hold on to it yeah. just in case, even if they didn't really want want to go there. They just hold on to it. Say, oh, I got one of these. I got to keep it. And then but they don't want to go. So. That, I, I will say it's a little annoying, though, because say you wanted a, like Cinderella's Royal Table at a specific time or California Grill at the fireworks time but you could only get like 5 p.m. and you wanted to keep trying to modify it to get it at the right time to see if it was available. You can't do that anymore through the app. You have to do it on the website, which is pretty annoying. So You know what I would like to see? What? I would like to see, not necessarily all, but a decent number, maybe two, maybe three, of restaurants in a theme park that are just walk-up only, pretty much. It's dine-in. Yeah. I mean, you you're in a theme park. Yeah. yeah. You're in a theme park. You should have the ability to walk by a place and say, hey, I think I would like to eat there and yeah. actually want be, to eat there. Right, exactly. Be able I mean, to get I, on the list. Yeah. I actually would be okay with no ADRs, truthfully, like no reservations made whatsoever. You always have to walk up. <laughs> or just be able to do a day of only or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I would be happy, I would be happy with walk-ups only, you know what I mean? Or, right. And that way, you know, if it's a long wait... You just know, and you're like, either you wait it or you go somewhere else. I mean, like you do most every other restaurant in the country. So, yeah. I don't... I don't know. I think it's Disney's way of trying to be... Control things, yes. Well, <laughs> that too. <laughs> anyway. So, I'll mention this. For, this is a short one, really quickly. Uh, but Skyliner gondolas have been testing all over the place mainly mm -hmm. between Hollywood Studios and the Caribbean Beach Station, or the main hub, really, of the system. It's all over the interwebs, po folks posting on social media, you know, pictures of, or videos of the gondolas moving, in some cases, they're moving like, you know, 20 or 30 feet, and then they stop, and then they get, maybe go back a little bit, and they're, so they're really definitely testing every little thing about it. We've talked about this on the show a couple of times. Like, okay, is it the Riviera Resort that's holding this up? Or is it, are they going to wait till December, really, to actually open this? It looks, based on this, like maybe they will open it before Riviera opens. Maybe yeah. the Riviera Station will just be kind of a turn through for the first couple months, maybe. Maybe. So, I'm hoping. I mean, it doesn't, I don't guess it has to be open for the Skyliner to work, you know, so. Yeah. Maybe it'll just just pass right through the station to start with, and and won't stop at Riviera. It'll just continue on to Epcot for the first couple of months. Because I remember on the video that footage that we have, you know, it's obvious. Like with the monorail um, at Grand Floridian, you know, you just drove right through or right by or right. where the construction was yeah. going. Yeah. yeah, when it was being constructed. So, right. Yeah, it, was, it must have been. In, I wonder if they ever closed the monorail for a brief time when they were building the station around it. I wonder how that happened. Or did they just do overnight work every night to 
keep it open. Actually, I seem to recall people working on it while it was going through there. Yeah, that's still that section. I mean, because well, parts of it because I mean it's going through. It's yeah. not like they're actually constructing on the literally anywhere on the track. Right. It's around it. So, but they're close. That's what I'm wondering. It seems like it would be it could be a little dangerous to be like. Well, the parts where they're the closest, they probably did when it was not functioning. Overnight, yeah, did it overnight, probably. Pretty cool, though. Anyway. Not to mention, in Central Florida, you know, the best time to probably do any construction would be at night, if you ask me. I mean, the the cooler, there'd be the cooler moments. (laughs) So, World of Color return date is set for Disney California Adventure. Mm -hmm. For those that didn't know this already. The long-awaited return, I guess, of the World of Color and I'm talking about the show at Disney's California Adventure, of course, not the long-awaited return of the television show, World of Color. Not that one. Because right. that's still we're still waiting on that return, like, I don't know, like 70 years ago or something. <laughs> it's, it's been a while. Maybe it'll be uh, part of the new streaming service. <laughs> yeah. I don't <laughs> bring it back. You know, I looked up a little something on the streaming service, and I'm hoping it has more than the stuff that they've talked about because if not I'm like it won't really be worth it to me but we'll see let's hope I know it's speaking of the streaming service since we since you mentioned it isn't it supposed to be September I think is when they're going to launch it so yeah so we'll probably get more info at D23 I would guess probably so yeah but for now world of color dessert party reservations are available for booking Friday February the 22nd and of course, that day is completely booked and has no availability. Of course, yeah. <laughs> so, but the, the next day, yeah, the next day still had some at the time of this uh, posting. So I don't know how true that is now. So, yeah, maybe uh, not. Yeah, the seventy-nine dollar special ticket event includes reserve seating in Paradise Gardens Park, and you get uh, a dessert selection and sparkling beverages. So. It's just nice that it's actually back. I mean, it was a show that the time... I've only seen it once when I was out there, but, I mean, the time I saw it, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know people talk about the water jets-type shows being maybe a little past the time now, but I still think they're enjoyable personally, so... And I don't know if they've maybe spruced it up. We'll have to wait and see once it once it returns and see if... Hopefully everything's repaired and working properly, given the lengthy rehab it had, so... Yeah, hopefully they up it a little bit, or at least improve some things, or make it a little different. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure the show... I mean, they've always modified the show as they've added movies, and, you know, it's depending on how popular they were, usually. I know the time that I was there, it was not long... It had not been long since Brave was out, and it was in the show, so... Yeah. yeah it seems like Disneyland tends to get updates to things more often... <laughs> Well, when you're doing projections like that, I mean, it's not, I wouldn't think it'd be that difficult to modify. You know what I mean? Because you already have the clips. I mean, you own them. (laughs) So. Sure. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and move into the sad news, which is the, uh, that Ron Miller, Diane Disney Miller's husband, of course, she's, she passed away several years ago, but, um, former CEO, Walt's son-in-law passed away at age 85 a few days ago. He was CEO during the early 80s when things were not so great and there were about to be a hostile takeover and all that stuff. And that's when uh, he was ousted and that's when Eisner came in. 
So I, I think one day we should do an episode where we just sort of talk about all the different Disney CEOs and maybe the pros and cons of all the Disney CEOs. <laughs> be interesting. I gotta say, uh, the trend suggests the next one will be Emperor Palpatine. So <laughs> right, maybe uh, Bob Iger is turning into Palpatine. Mm, maybe maybe he is a Sith Lord after all. <laughs> Yeah, maybe he has his own Darth Maul in training. And his uh, apprentice is Bob Chapek. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, because they're all named Darth, they're all named Bob. <laughs> exactly. You know, Bob right. Iger and Bob Chapek. Bob Vader. <laughs> <laughs> right so. on. So, yes. Yeah, so, the, it is pretty sad, you know. He um, has... A connection with the Disney company all the way back from Disneyland opening in 1955, I think. Maybe even the year prior, Walt had hired him on because... It's funny, he actually played for the L.A. Rams in the uh, when they were back in L.A. many years ago. Now they're back in L.A. now, so it's kind of funny. Kind of a weird coincidence. But anyway, he has a decent legacy. You know, some of the better movies from the late 70s and 80s, he was... The uh, producer on The Black Cauldron, Tron, Pete's Dragon, Escaped Witch Mountain. I think the other one was Fox and the Hound. I think he was on. And of course, during the Epcot, the building of Epcot, the theme park, he was very, I think he was president of the Disney company, then not CEO, but he was very instrumental in that as well. So he has a good Disney legacy. I, I wonder though. You don't hear much about him after he was ousted and Eisner came in, but I get the idea that he felt scorned by Disney. The company was on the verge of going under if things were going the way they were going. Right. If he stayed CEO, probably we wouldn't be here today talking about Disney because Eisner, you know. We would have been talking about, (laughs) I don't know, some other company that now owns what was Disney. Right, and it, <laughs> the, the parks the may not continue. even be called Disney anymore. Right. I mean, they were way in over their heads with Epcot, and Eisner <clears throat> basically rescued the company. So, yeah. Say what you will about Eisner in his later years. I actually miss some of his ideas now, yeah. personally, but, you know. For the most part, we were kids of the Eisner era. So, right. that's kind in of. In a way, like I said, do. it got to a point where people were unhappy with him and it was deservedly so he had worn out uh, his welcome hmm. yeah worn out his welcome at what that, does that point. feel like yeah like but now with Iger exactly <laughs> his successor is now feeling this I'm feeling the same way about him personally but I don't know how I don't know how widespread that feeling is amongst the Disney fan base but I'm definitely starting to feel that way yeah, or have felt that way all right, so uh, moving along, we recently saw a special look at Disney's live-action Aladdin. Oh, yeah, I gotta right. say, yes. <laughs> right. I gotta say, yeah. When I first looked at it, I said, "Okay, it looks not too bad," and I said, "I'm willing to reserve my judgments." But I noticed, uh, like on Twitter, when I would see where the the trailer was and everything, like in the comment section, it was just totally being like trashed. Yeah. <laughs> like, like everybody was saying, like this isn't what we wanted. <laughs> we just want the original. I mean, you know, the and worse, worse things than that. Lots of memes uh, <clears throat> comparing but, him to the Blue Man Group or Tobias from Arrested <laughs> Development. <laughs> yes, yes, that was funny. I, I resisted sharing those on social media, but yeah, 
I did see that I blew myself yes. <laughs> from Arrested Development. That was pretty funny. Um, oh, boy. But anyway, yeah. Will Smith, I mean, I didn't really get to, and I didn't really hear much from him in that trailer piece. I mean, but other than seeing him, of course. Um, uh, he had a line. Yeah, you could hear his voice. Yeah, like I said, you didn't get to see much of it. No, I just, just don't one. get to see how he's going to portray overall the thing. I feel like he's going to put his own touch to it, obviously. Yeah. But, I mean, he is a funny guy, just like, you know, back in the day, Robin Williams was, like, the go-to zany funny guy, and he was, right. like, perfect for the original character. So I'm sure Will will play it somewhat differently. Right. Um, As he should, I think. I always cringe, like I said before, when I start seeing the announcements because there is just... More often than not, Disney drops the ball with these. And I think things like Beauty and the Beast was the exception. Mm. But more often than not, they seem to drop the ball with these. And we, I just hope that it's they don't stray too far from the originals, all I'm getting at. So, yeah. What was it? Back at the end of the year, Will Smith had posted, or was it a magazine cover? I don't know. Something that was a an image released of him as the genie but he wasn't blue he was just in character as like in costume but not cgi genie and people were saying back then like the big outcry when that picture came out was why isn't he blue why isn't he like the genie from the cartoon and then he responded on twitter saying this is a picture of me like the genie changes form when he's out in public or whatever so he's like human form when he's out amongst the people, but when it's just like him and Aladdin or whatever, he will be the blue genie. So that's how he mentioned that. Well, I think he's probably talking about, for instance, when they first come in, the Prince Ali, Ali, uh, yeah, song. like that part. Ali. Yeah, he'll yeah. be because he plays obviously. several different roles. Exactly. And, and I, I'm sure if Will Smith puts his own touch on that, he can actually pull that off and make it work. Yeah, uh, my point is. I think it's going to be fine. I'm not sweating this too much. I don't know why people are freaking out so much about it. I mean, the CGI didn't look amazing, but it didn't look terrible to me. So I don't know why people are up in arms about it. He's a he's a blue genie. Are you going to make him look like the Robin Williams version? Is that what you wanted? Like, he's Will Smith. Why not um, make maybe. him look like Will Smith? I don't get it. Yeah. Why Why are we upset about this? Well, to some degree, I mean, he's looking, trying to make it be like the character, you know. Yeah. But on Broadway, the guy who won the Tony Awards for Genie looked nothing like Robin Williams, I can tell you that. And, you know, he was fantastic on Broadway. So I don't know why, like, I think they're going a little bit mix of the cartoon and the Broadway versions kind of combined. Don't they always make the the Broadway version guy usually just a little hefty because of Genie's? I don't know. Yeah, Genie, he was. Yeah, Genie he had was like the ultimate V shape. Yeah. I thought so. He was not hefty though. I can't That's remember the, the guy's name, but he was fantastic. I watched him on the Tonys many years ago, when I don't know if it was that long ago. It was a few years ago when he won for Aladdin. He was amazing as a genie. So, yeah. The guy that's played him on the cruise ships on those shows is really good. I don't know if it's the same guy. I kind of doubt it. Surely he's he wouldn't I mean, be the same. You never know. It might be, but he's probably too big now since he's won awards and stuff. But yeah, you never know. All right. So now that the internet is back after that genie <laughs> thing, <laughs> they lost their minds. Yes. Uh, something that 
I wasn't expecting. I don't think anyone had much of a foreknowledge of this, but Kevin, the bird from the movie Up, is now roaming Discovery Island at Animal Kingdom. And, you know, this almost broke the internet, too, I think, because I saw so many pictures of this the other day when it came out, and videos and all that kind of stuff. I will say the legs look kind of silly. It looks like just a guy standing in his in a giant Some bird stilts. suit, <laughs> right? But the head of the bird appears to be very animatronic and mobile, and it, it looks very much like the bird from the movie. But the legs do look pretty silly. It's like just some dude standing in a bird bird suit. But I've heard that you know he wanders all around Discovery Island, and even up towards someone was saying uh, near the, the the up bird show, of course, which would make sense that he would go back that far to uh, kind of get people maybe draw people back there to actually watch the bird show. <laughs> maybe maybe that's why they did this. So perhaps, uh, but anyway, <laughs> but it's cool. It looks it looks neat. I I would uh, it would be cool. I think you know people are expecting to like pose and take pictures with him or her. I think it's isn't it a she? I think it's a she. But anyway, the with Kevin, even though her, her name is Kevin, I think it's a she. But I can't remember. It's been a while since I watched the movie. But anyway, you she does, the bird doesn't really stop moving. It just sort of wanders around. You're not going to get a lot of like photo ops necessarily like with it but you can get pictures of it so but yeah enjoy that look for kevin next time you're at animal kingdom following up with kevin there <laughs> i did kevin. see one one tweet that said that they they were putting it on video and in the in the background of the video you could hear a, a lady refer <laughs> yes. to him as big bird <laughs> right or her as big bird uh, excuse me boy. yeah so, yeah, that just would be hilarious, I would think. You know, people talk about right. that stuff all the time. Anyway. Yes, it's another thing where people confuse now what um, SeaWorld, now that Sesame Place is going to open at SeaWorld. Right. So then uh, they can fit. Like, where is Sesame? Where is this Sesame Street place? Like, oh, my gosh. Although people, they already do. They it's already next do to the Harry a, Potter ride. Yeah. yeah right. I can say, yeah. although they already do have a Sesame Street place over at or some kind of Sesame Street area at um, Bush Gardens. So. Oh right, yeah, that's right. Because they're all they, owned by the same the same yeah. uh, group. Yeah, they're all owned by Bush. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I, they're all owned by Anheuser Bush. Well, they are. Right. Because you know they you yes. can you can easily get beer Anheuser Bush of course at those two parks. Oh, well, there you have it. Yeah, well, I think it didn't it at Bush Gardens they have like a hospitality tent. I don't, I'm sure they have some kind of a cutoff, but. Anyway, probably. Cinderella's carriage is returning for Valentine's Day. Today. Um, photos, yes. Uh, it actually started yesterday and will go through Friday. Disney's uh, photo pass is feeling the love this Valentine's Day. And what could be more romantic than a photo with your beloved posed by Cinderella's very own coach? So, yeah. That's if cool. you would like, that will be available. Just so you know, on the 15th, it turns back into a pumpkin at the stroke of midnight. So. <laughs> oh, darn. <laughs> well, speaking of today, as you're listening to this, unless you're driving down there right now, you probably will miss this as well. But on Valentine's Day, 
the princess meet and greets will also be joined by their accompanying princes. So, for example, in Morocco, Jasmine will be joined by Aladdin. Snow White will be with... What was his name? He's just called the prince. The prince. He will be yeah. uh, the artist formerly known as... <laughs> no. I mean, that's what... I mean, that's all he was originally. can't remember but, if they gave him a name ever, but... Yeah. And um, so why don't they just keep going? Like, I don't know, Mulan with Shang and... Uh, I don't know. That's <laughs> a good question. Merida or, with nobody. Yeah. She's still holding out, apparently. I guess so. Ariel with Eric. Yeah. I don't know. I think... Because I've, I've met uh, Tiana with Prince Naveen before, so I'm assuming that maybe she'll be there. But I don't think Elena of Avalor has a prince, so I, I don't know how that would work if she's for her. No, I mean, there's, there's a couple of them that don't. Yeah. I guess technically, even though she's always included in what they call the Disney princess line, I mean, Elsa's actually a queen, so... <laughs> right. So, yeah, I didn't see anything about Anna or Elsa. Yeah. So, anyway. I guess Anna would be with Kristoff, right? So. Right. Oh, but it also says in France, Aurora will be joined by Prince Philip. There you go. So, forgot about that. There was but, one of those princes that I'm trying to think he, we didn't know what his name was, but they gave him a name. Oh, it was uh, Beast. That's right. He's, um, gosh, what is his name? Wasn't it Adam? I could be yes, wrong. Yes, it's Adam. Okay. I should, I, how come I, I couldn't like, think of that? I'm talking. I was to thinking you. it's me. It's me. Yes. Yeah, you know, my wife. Speaking of princesses, my wife were having this conversation the other day, and I came to the conclusion that if she were a princess, her name would be Ratia Bell. And the reason being is because she likes artistic things like Rapunzel. She Ratia loves Bell? to cook like yes, yeah, she loves to cook like Tiana, oh, and she loves to read books like Belle. So she's like a combination of those three princesses. So she's okay. Ratia Bell. So you sh- we should do an online quiz. Which Disney princess name are you? And based on the three princesses you're most like. <laughs> I guess. In her case, hers, she's not just one. She's literally the combination of those three. Because right. Rapunzel for the artsy stuff. And Tiana for the cooking. And um, Belle for the reading. <laughs> right. So there you go. The uh, other thing I was going to mention is Ralph and Vanellope von Schweetz are also moving into their new home at the uh, Image Works at the Imagination Pavilion. Hmm. So starting, I believe it was yesterday. So we should we should see some photos and stuff of that today uh, as we speak. Uh, they are meeting and greeting in their new spot, their new permanent as, home at Image Works. I would say that that might give people incentive to probably go to Imagination more, but uh, probably just skip that and go to the the store, the exit. Well, what they're <laughs> going to gonna do is they're going to lock the they only open from the inside, the inside. out. <laughs> right. So you have to go through the ride first. I wouldn't be it wouldn't be surprised if they started doing that someday if Disney finds the way to create like a force field that works one way. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like exit only. You'll get shocked if you uh, try to go in the door be turn girl. around and go the other way yeah. <laughs> uh, it's the only way people are willing not willingly but or they can make it where the only way you uh, can get out of this building is if you like have a receipt that proves you bought something in there and then right. that's the only way the door opens exactly <laughs>
I'll talk about this one really quick. The park hours are being extended for March and April for at least Magic Kingdom and uh, Animal Kingdom. Magic Kingdom park hours are uh, extended from like 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. close now for several dates in March and April. So a lot of dates in March actually are going to now close at 11 p.m. instead of um, 9 p.m. So I don't know if that's trying to get more people to come because the parks open later or I... Yeah, I don't know why they decided to do that, but they sure decided it. So, you know, they're pretty consistent now when they announce hours that that's what they're going to be. I remember, gosh, this was early 2000s. It might have actually been in the year 2000 that we were there and they were doing the e ride thing mm-hmm. for like the thing about it is, is they when they first launched e ride night, is what they called it, which eventually morphed into extra magic hours. Right. right. But the thing with E-Ride is you would pay like 15 bucks. That'd be all it was for like an extra like two two hours, three hours, however long it was after park close, okay? Yeah. And I remember, you know, going actually to Magic Kingdom and asking about E-Ride for that night or something. Like they didn't have any E-Ride. I said, no, we don't have any E-Ride tonight. He says, however, it will be o- Magic Kingdom will be open until 11 p.m. I was like, oh, okay. And that was, you know, because their hours were subject to change based on, I guess, what was going on or something at the time. Mm -hmm. Because it was only scheduled to close at 9 that night. And yet they added two extra hours for, like, like last minute. Because I know getting well, like, the day before, it still said (laughs) 9 o'clock for Magic Kingdom. And they decided to stay open two hours later. But they don't do that anymore, I don't think. They pretty much stick to what they have planned. Um, especially yeah. with since they always have stuff planned, but just kind of a little right. insight into how things used to be versus now. You know, like they're they're talking about park hours two and three months ahead of time if they plan on changing them, not last minute changes. You know, so yeah. just a little different era. Right. So one of these dates that they extended the park hours on is March ninth, and that is the day that I will be participating in the Parkology Challenge to try and do every ride in one day. Oh, so, so that, you got two extra hours. That actually gives <laughs> us a fighting chance because, honestly, we our, our plans at this point, we're, we're just going to have to do the after-hours event at Hollywood Studios to get everything in, and that's breaking the rules, so it wouldn't have been official. But this actually gives us a fighting chance because... Total time is now like 15 hours. And you really need 15 or more probably to do it, I think, from what I've researched. Um, 15 or more hours is... This would still be considered very difficult to do. I'm going to say it's probably best to do it in like the summer when the Magic Kingdom's open to like 1 (laughs) a.m. regular hour. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly, yeah. I think most people who the best time. finish it actually do it in the summer. Although one guy did it in December. The guy, I think the one who most recently did everything, did it in December. Early December, so. I was going to say, he just, he just about had to be early December when the crowds were still lower. Yeah, I think so. Because he scored a same-day fast pass for Flight of Passage. Of course, he but, was by himself, so. Yeah. I, you know, I... I don't see, with some attractions anyway, because of what we know, 
through, if you guys don't know about this, we mentioned it before, um, talking about an interview we saw with Mr. Testa of Turing Plans and everything about how they've counted people exiting rides at yeah. certain times. Right. And how they appear to be actually lowering capacity during these slower times. Therefore, the wait time stays somewhat consistent with what they normally would be. Right. Um, not every ride they can do that with, not every attraction they can do that with, but there are some in which they can most definitely fix that so that it works out that way. Yeah. So knowing that they do that, it probably would still make it difficult, even slower times to get the, the major attractions done. So, yeah, it's definitely very difficult and you have to get lucky with fast passes, same day fast passes. You have to get pretty lucky. To, uh, you, get it done. you may have to you may have to get lucky and um, you know just hit an attraction before they figured out how the crowds are going to be. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? <laughs> you just hit it at the right time. Yeah. So I'll talk more about that next week, but that's one one thing that to note. Uh, another quick story I see is permits have been filed for enhancements to the security checkpoint between the Contemporary and Magic Kingdom. So most people don't normally go through this checkpoint unless you're staying at the contemporary or if you're you know, maybe having a dining reservation there and then you decide to walk over to Magic Kingdom. There's a walkway that you cross World Drive and you go down the sidewalk. The security checkpoint for you at that point is about halfway between say World Drive and the Magic Kingdom entrance. It's basically a little tent set up right now. And uh, they're going to make this a more permanent structure to house probably a metal detector. I can see that on the blueprint here. A metal detector and tables and whatnot that they, they have to set up for doing a security checkpoint. So it looks like they're going to widen the sidewalk and make it a little bit easier. So this uh, is good it's a good thing if you're staying at the temporary it'll make things a little bit smoother and faster and you know it's already a good way to go if you're staying there because i've never seen it too busy over there but i guess maybe there's times where it's probably busier than others but for guests staying at the contemporary this will make it a little bit easier for you getting into magic kingdom there you go good deal the last one that I see that I think is newsworthy, yeah. Disneyland After Dark uh, Heroes Assemble After Hours event is coming to Disney nice. California Adventure. Yeah. Um, as I've probably expressed in recent shows, I'm kind of over the whole Marvel um, uh, <laughs> invasion, I guess we could say, of Disney. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not totally against it by any means. Um, but... Uh, you know, it seems like California is doing a lot more stuff with Marvel right now. Anyway, probably because they can they can use yeah. more characters. Right, they have the rights. To... Yeah. This event, there will be select attractions open at Disney's California Adventure Park, such as Mission Breakout, of course. It says people are encouraged to come dressed in superhero attire and what have you. It's going to be on April 30th and May 1st, from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. each night. Featured in it, epic entertainment, including a rocking dance party and heroic show moments, encounters with admired superheroes, a park-wide scavenger hunt will be there. That should be interesting to find out how they're going to do that. Hmm. Immersive photo opportunities. Of course, they'll be food-themed to 
Marvel characters and such. Fun surprises to celebrate 80 years of comic art. And it says unlimited digital downloads of your Disney photo pass photos captured during this event. Parking fees are not included in the ticket price. And there is a limited quantity of tickets uh, for both events nights. And uh, they are available starting next week on February the 19th. Tickets go on sale for the Disneyland Resort area um, annual pass holders. And on the 21st, it's on sale to the general public. And they are limiting to eight tickets per person, which is probably also in an effort to keep it from being scalped. Yeah. So there you go. Try to find the price. It looks like from what I'm seeing here, it's $109 a person for the tickets. So about the same as a Halloween yeah. party or something or a, right. you know, somewhere in that neighborhood after hours event, those kind of things. So. I gotta be honest, I couldn't see myself paying that for a Marvel event, but you know, to each yeah. their own. I mean, if I was a big Marvel fan of different things, right. I probably would, but yeah, I, I mean, you know, I enjoyed the movies and some of the characters and stuff, but I don't go like all, it's like I say about Star Wars. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not I'm, dress up like them all the time. <laughs> right, I yeah. I'm, mm, cosplay, no, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. But, I don't, yeah. I might be tempted to do it for Maybe to some degree for the um, hotel, maybe. But yeah. I kind of, it's still, that's the big maybe as that. <laughs> right. But they had the, didn't they have a Star Wars one last year or something? I can't remember, but I know they had a throwback night where they did like retro or retro night. I can't remember what they called it, but they had retro posters for all the rides and, and, oh, yeah, I do remember that. There. That was, that, that I would have wanted to, to go to. That would have been cool, but. Yeah, so they do some yeah. cool stuff at Disneyland that they don't do here, but they have more history. So, yeah, just watching um, some videos recently, I really noticed, I didn't realize exactly how much I missed the classic Disney areas and parks, and especially Epcot. <laughs> yeah, um, I def- definitely miss classic Epcot. It was it was one of the best in my opinion. So, yeah, I have a feeling we'll talk about that again soon. So. Yes. Stay tuned for that. Stay tuned. And stay tuned to our website for more details on everything we do. Travelingwiththemouse.com is the name of the website. Email address is podcast at travelingwiththemouse.com. We also have a Patreon page. Patreon.com slash podcast. We have lots of new content coming there. And uh, we just posted one recently. Go check it out patreon.com slash twtm podcast we are on social media on facebook on twitter and instagram all at twtm podcast we have a spreadshirt store in which you can find your exclusive twtm merchandise that is uh, shop.spreadshirt.com slash twtm podcast so for john martin my name is adam brown and we will see you on our next trip <laughs>